I am the Gnarly Gnome, this is Cincy Brewcast, and because the clouds parted and the beer gods shone down on us, you are listening to this week's show. <laughs> I wasn't sure even, um, I don't know, like an hour ago if it was going to happen or not. Um, we won't go into details about who uh, canceled on me, but uh, if you listened to last week, you know where I was supposed to be this week. <laughs> well, two weeks ago, because... Uh, last week was Thanksgiving, so I didn't post a show what is for me right now today, because it's last Monday, if you listen to this, the day it posts, um, and Thanksgiving week happened, and everything was chaotic, and um, last night uh, we finally got our sick baby gnome to bed, and it was really late, and I said, well, I'm not recording a show tonight, I guess, <laughs> and we passed out, and... Uh, here we are. And so I think there's going to be in the near future another gnome from what I hear. Uh, there, Congratulations. There is. Baby gnome part deux. Yeah, so well, you're going to uh, keep that up when I have to rent them as the yard gnomes. Man. Well, that's two, <laughs> two is the max. We uh, have a little yard. <laughs> Got a little snip snip, did you? <laughs> no, not, not yet. But uh, my wife is going to get a little tie-tie when she is. All right. <laughs> Chef Tony, welcome back to the show. Um, Good I didn't, to be back. Good I didn't pull back. up any notes about anything because we're just going to roll. We've got uh, a whole shit ton of beer sitting in front of us. We you, do. I'm pretty you excited just, for a few of these. You just finished doing something really, really fun on the Brew City Sausage side of things, which I, I need to talk about. And uh, so we'll <laughs> talk about that. And uh, and we'll, we'll see where this goes tonight. But uh, let's just jump in right off the bat because um, I'm thirsty and it's been a really, really long day. From the beer fridge. Um, we got a whole bunch of beer, like I said. Um, let's start with the one that is not big, barrel-aged, dark. Actually, I think that is a barrel-aged beer. Um, I took a picture of the tap board so that I could actually see what everything was since they're just the numbers written on. By the way, um, huge, huge, nine and a half percent. Huge shout out to uh, to BC's Montgomery for. Uh, uh, letting us sit down in the middle of uh, their uh, their establishment to record a show. I, I walked in the door, and Kenny was behind the bar, and said, he said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, uh, I'm going to sit here and do a show, if that's all right. He's like, yeah, we don't care. Impromptu. He's like, I'll lock the door and come sit down with you. <laughs> we don't need to do that. All right, so um, this is we're not going to go in any real particular order because the one that doesn't look like a big beer is still a big beer. It's the, uh, the barrel-aged penguin, so it doesn't really matter. But where do you want to start? Well, we have. Um, okay, so I will. I will roll. Holiday. Let's roll through everything, and I'll read what they are. Right. Um, we went ahead, and I'm going to get shit for this. This is the Yingling Chocolate Porter, just because I want to talk about it. I, I have had it before, and I'm not the biggest fan, but it's a interesting beer and a fun kind of collaboration that uh, should have happened probably a long time ago, and I'm surprised it didn't. But um, so we've got that one. We have number eighteen, which is the. Uh, Bourbon barrel aged old numbskull, uh, which is a uh, a barley wine from Alesmith. Um, That's the one I'm curious to try. We we were talking beforehand about uh, Sam Adams just did their uh, uh, their barley uto- barley topias is that what it's called their 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 utopias barrel aged barley wine which I enjoyed a lot. Um, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to that beer. But um, then like I said, the the barrel aged penguin, which doesn't look like a stout but is a big stout. <laughs> It's a big beer and uh, full of all those same flavors, even though it, like like I said, in this flight, looks completely different than everything else. Uh, we have number seven. I should have written all these out so I didn't have to keep flipping through these pictures as we're talking about them. 
Uh, number seven is the barrel-aged Neapolitan Chacao from, of course, Listerman. I'm, I'm really curious to try that one too. I, are you a Chacao fan? Yep. Um, there's, I sure feel like there's. It's one of the first beers we ever worked with. I feel like there's uh, no middle ground on that. People either love Chacao or hate Chacao. No. Um, I'm a huge Chacao fan, so I'm excited to do that one. I don't think I've had that one before, so that'll be fun. Uh, Sixteen is Robert the Bruce. I so we got two. Um, two Three Floyds beers. I haven't drank a lot of... Actually, I take that back. There was a Three Floyds pint night at Jungle Gyms. Not that I go to Jungle Gyms. They can't, they can't hear me. No, <laughs> not you. Um, the other night. Um, but I have not had Robert the Bruce for a long time. I rem- Again, we'll get to it when we get to that beer, but I remember just falling in love with that beer uh, the first time I had it. And um, very different than, I think, what Three Floyds was known for at the time. Or still, I guess. Uh, 23 is uh, da, da, da. ooh the uh, bourbon barrel aged big silky from Taft's. This was one of their uh, their big yet. bottle releases that didn't get a lot of uh, fanfare from beer geeks, but that's a, that's an awesome beer. Um, there's still some really fun stuff on the uh, the tap board here from the uh, anniversary party. Which, if you jump back, I don't know. If you a look few, at these beer flights that we have, <laughs> if you look, it's quite obvious that we're in the winter time. <laughs> Everything's dark. We except were for one. We were out here a few weeks back recording an episode during the uh, the anniversary party, and I think we only drank like one or two beers on the show, and they were like these big sour beers. There was nothing like this. So this is a whole different kind of side of what they were doing that day. Uh, Thirty four is Alpha Claws, the other uh, Three Floyds. Um, I have not had this one for a long time either. It uh, was another one of those big Three Floyds beers that I grabbed when uh, you know you couldn't get Three Floyds. It would pop up on the shelf with a case of it and you, it went really quick. And, like zombie dust. I uh, definitely remember drinking some of this one. And then the uh, barrel-aged Black Solstice, the, the two-year version of it, so aged in um, bourbon barrels for two years, from Fig Leaf. Fig Leaf slash March 1st. I don't know how we refer to all of that now, but um, also really excited to grab that one. So where do you want to start? We should have got Christopher <laughs> from uh, March 1st or Mark over here to kind of let us know what's happening with that whole deal. Well, I mean, I so from talking to them before, sorry, I'm trying to take my coat off while I'm sitting here talking. Um, the two are still definitely separate entities like they're operating very separately from each other there is some um some beers that are traveling back and forth like you can walk into march 1st right now and probably get this beer on tap and vice versa you can probably get a march 1st lager or something at uh at fig leaf so they are very but they're still very separate the beers that are made at fig leaf are made at fig leaf the beers that are made at march 1st are made at march 1st and um so what do you think inspired that takeover buyout uh I don't know. Uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, yeah, I, th- choices, I think. I think a lot of it actually falls down to the spirit side of things. Um, March first is right. Cincinnati's uh, first uh, brewery distillery that actually was, you know, open as a as a tap room. Um, still, the first brewery distillery cidery that's operating. Um, I I think Fig Leaf wanted still to kind of first to do a sell through. <laughs> we won't. We won't get on that topic. Um, every on, every episode we go down that rabbit hole at some point. Um, 
I think that uh, that Fig Leaf was kind of playing with the idea of going down the the distilling side of things. March first definitely is already down that rabbit hole right. and is looking to keep growing that side of things. So um, I had their absence <clears throat> when I was there last yeah. uh, few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know when you have that. Um, vision of absence, you know, you're going to do you know, right. X amount and you're going to be all disillusioned and, you know, right. it was, uh, it was surprisingly, um, smooth. I, en- I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, surprised. it's still, it's still got some balls to it though. It'll, oh, yeah. it'll knock you under the table if you're not careful. I, I was laughing. So kind of on that same topic this weekend was, uh, some big Christmas thing that we had to go to as a family. And, um, well, we were decorating beforehand. So I'm sitting around, and I say we're decorating. I'm sitting in a chair with my feet up watching them decorate. You know, that's kind of what I do. I carry everything up in the basement and then watch them decorate. And um, I was drinking a beer. And when I when that ran out, I went downstairs to grab another beer. And I, I saw my uh, my bottle of the, the voltage peppermint schnapps sitting on the bar. And I said, oh, this is, this is a no-brainer. So I went and poured myself a big, a, a pretty decent-sized pour of that stuff, just not really thinking about it. And went upstairs and I started drinking it and got halfway through it. I'm like, man, I'm... I'm feeling this a little bit, and I um, went back downstairs and looked at the bottle. And, that shit's a hundred proof, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so now do I uh, down my glasses. We were leaving the house to go to this Christmas event thing, and I uh, was getting ready to walk back upstairs. I'm like, "You know what? This this is ridiculous." So I, I grabbed a flask and filled it up with Christmas cheer and <laughs> stuffed it in my pocket. And it was cold and rainy outside. This was on uh, uh, this was yesterday Sunday, I guess. And uh, I t- it made it a lot more fun, and I felt uh, very cheerful. You're on the drinking <laughs> tube up inside your shirt, a little clip on the mind of your collar right there. Oh, I don't, I don't even know. I just, I mean, I'm uh, no shame about drinking in public with me. <laughs> we need to drink a beer. Let's do Robert the Bruce first. All right. Um, now, this one I have not had. So, so this is a, uh, a Scotch ale, I believe. Um, let me look and see what it says on here. Now I can't find it yet. What number was 16? I'm sorry for anybody that doesn't like awkward silences in the show. Um, we're, we're, we're operating without any notes, without any plan. Uh, yeah, Scottish Ale, 6.5%. So Kilt Dropper is the Scottish Ale that we work with all the time. Right. That I get to consume uh, whatever's left over out of the growler after we throw it in the uh, sausage blend. And uh, that one from Paradise, so... I'm not a uh, a Scottish Scotch ale expert, but I am a fan of like the maltier side of beers, which this does fall towards. This is a little hoppier than than what I expect it to be. At the same time, it's three Floyd. So then, when I look at that, I'm like, well, no, I, I don't expect it to be not hoppy. But <clears throat> there's um like you said the uh, the kilt dropper from. Uh, Paradise is an amazing um, Scotch ale. There's, uh, I think, there's still bottles sitting on the shelf here of um, Fig Leaf's Wee Heavy, which is amazing too. Like, there's there's really great examples around, and I think that that's, as always, the hard part for me with out of town beer is that I just there's I don't have to seek it out anymore. You know, there's there's quote unquote better examples. Right here in your own backyard. There's no need How to. How long was that in barrel? It's not barreled. No. It's just a. I think that's probably why I like that, that 
Scotch Ale from Paradise. It's got more of that whiskey flavor to it. Well, they have. Um, they did a barrel aged version, and they have their regular version right. at uh, at Paradise also. I wish actually that they would um, make all of it see barrels, even if it's just for a little bit. Yeah, um, I think that'll be fun. But no, I thought the bottle uh, design was kind of unique with the whole kilt on it and a little door handle. Yeah. So for anybody who didn't see that, the uh, um, the bottle was a picture of a Scottish gentleman from. I guess it was the neck down, right? Yeah. And the neck to the belly button. <laughs> no, it was went down below the belly button. <laughs> <laughs> and it was wearing a uh, a kilt. And then when you lifted it up, you got a little surprise, but um the top of the bottle kind of in vain with the uh um their Russian Imperial Stout had a little hat on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> a little Russian Imperial Stout hat. I guess there's some there's a young lady there that makes that kind of stuff um, you know. Yeah, and I wish I could remember what her name is. Um, You know, um, all those little Russian hats were. If you if you go back to uh, to my article about the uh, um, the Wrath of the Tsar, which is the Imperial Stout, um, I did give her a shout out on there, and she actually, when I was um, soon after that, I was in the tap room and. She saw me and she came up and she said, are you, are you the gnarly gnome? And I said, yeah. And she's like, oh, I really appreciate you shouting me out in the article. And it was a really good article. I knitted you this. And she handed me the coolest thing that anybody has ever given me. Not that the the, uh, the, uh, the Bruce City sausage that you handed me when you walked in wasn't great. Um, it was a little hand-knitted gnome. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Hey, uh, <laughs> the next time you're at my house, I'll show you. Is that an ornament he's, uh, now? <laughs> he's just, he hangs out down in the basement with me, so I'm never drinking alone. Um so, Scotch Ale, um, it was good. It doesn't really satisfy the urge that I have when I want a Scotch Ale. Like it doesn't lean. I it want doesn't that whiskey flavor. It doesn't lean heavy enough in like yeah. that whiskey side. It doesn't lean heavy into the the malty side that I also like. I, I guess I'm. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. gonna hate, you know, call something Scotch or call something bourbon or call something, you know, whiskey related. I want to get that flavor. Right. You know? I um I definitely remember the first time I had that beer though because like I said my exposure to three Floyds had all been IPAs and pale ales and that kind of stuff, right? And I honestly at that time probably hadn't had a lot of um, Scotch ales or anything kind of malty or anything like that that um, really blew me away. And this one when I tried it, just it, it easily was my favorite thing that three Floyds was done doing at the time. Um, but that's you know, like I said, it's a little different now, and uh, things change, palettes change, the uh, the beers you have access to, I guess, change a lot too. Uh, yeah, our, <clears throat> our visit up to the um, Three Floyds Brewery, I guess it was. I've never been there. Two years ago, we went up to the uh, a convention up in Chicago for meat processors, and um, it was myself. Sounds like an exciting convention. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> The most exciting part was hitting the breweries afterwards, um, but we, we made a little trip. It was about 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes outside of Chicago. Um, we went over to Free Floyd's. And, you know, here in Cincinnati at the time, you couldn't get any, you know, zombie dust. They would always deliver it in limited cases, and, you know, it was always like <coughs> two per person or right. whatever. And it's, it's crazy the way that has changed and how quickly it seems like it has changed, and um, you know, like you said, it, it used to hit the floor and like 
would be gone yeah. in an hour, an hour and a half, or whatever. And like it, yeah, now they have it here on. Top. Yeah, now it's just on tap. Yeah. you know, you can when when they get a big drop of three fluids, it'll sit for you know a week at a time, which still is not a long time for a beer. But um, this is the Alpha Claws. Mm-hmm. Alpha, good. <laughs> um, let's read a little bit about this beer. So, it's their big Christmas porter. Which, on their website, it says, Alpha King's festive cousin, a big American Xmas porter, brewed with English chocolate malt, Mexican sugar, and, of course, tons of strange American hops. 38 IBUs, 6%. You got a little taste of caramel. Um, I, I get, like, a, almost like a, like a spicy kind of yeah. sprucey Christmas thing, but... It doesn't say that there's any kind of spices in there. It's just the Mexican sugar. And I guess it all comes from goofy-ass hops. <laughs> I, th- I like that beer better than I liked uh, Robert the Bruce, which I would not have told you would have been the case had you asked me before the show. It's uh, quite tasty. Um, I like it that, you know, clearly this is a, especially if all of this spice that I'm getting is coming from hops, it's definitely a hoppy beer, which is, again, more in line with what I know of from Three Floyds, but it's a a different use of hops, I guess. Like, it's not just an in-your-face, big IPA kind of thing. It's it's using the hops no. to give you something. In <clears> and again, that one's beer. only 6%. Yeah. Which is, I mean, most Three Floyds stuff I'm used to seeing, you know, like up there on the kind of uh i dig that one a lot yeah um enough so that if it's on the shelf the next time at the store i might actually even grab a bottle of it <coughs> i'm thinking the same thing i might have to get a growler <laughs> on the way home. well we still got a few to go through yeah so i have not tried the uh neapolitan that's this one right here in front of you imperial brown owl 10 percent. that's this one here that is. So I don't know what this oh, wow. ma- what makes this Neapolitan. Is it just like a like a Neapolitan oh, wow. ice cream kind of thing? That smells oh, yeah. delicious. I get a little bit of. You get a little bit of that. Oh yeah. Chocolate vanilla and. Oh, yeah. You do get a hint of that strawberry, too. Oh, it smells so good. <laughs> that's a great beer. Like, I know that that's all probably some kind of artificial flavoring that's just dumped in there, but in a beer like that, that's, to me, exactly what it is. If you're going to call something Neapolitan, I need those kind of mm-hmm. artificial strawberry oh, no, flavors. Right and that too. <clears throat> that's fantastic. Okay, so I might have just switch my growler to new color. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 pretty awesome. Uh, Chick House funny because they do so many different variants of, of it throughout the year that sometimes there's things that it's just you know, that's 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 fun and creative, but it doesn't. It's not a it's not a great beer in my opinion. Whereas this is this is, this is awesome. Still smells like Chacao. Well. <laughs> so the first time we ever made uh, beer infused sausage, we did it with triple digit Chacao. And 
we just threw a bunch of it into a, into a vat of blend and then cased it up. Well, <clears throat> the casing that we used was a older membrane from older, older sows. And um, we thought we'd set it in, walk in overnight, let it, you know, permeate through all the meat and everything before we threw it in the smoker. We'd come in the next day and um, everything was split apart, all the casings. And it was just like one big blob of, <laughs> yeah. And so we were trying to figure it out. So we called a couple of, uh, a couple of friends of ours in the business and said, look, you know, we put this beer in last night and split the casings apart and uh, can't figure out why. Well, the alcohol content was eating through the casing. <laughs> and split the casing. <laughs> so we we figured out after that first batch that we have to use uh, like a zero to six month old uh, casing in order to hold up to you know ten percent. How, how much alcohol will a casing hold up to though? It'll hold up well if you go zero to six months. It's young, you know. It's, right. it's it's very elastic and it will it will it will sustain. But if you what about anything, something like Utopias? Yeah, you go anything over a year old and it it just seems to chew right through it for some reason. I guess it's the acidity level of the alcohol or something. But uh, yeah, the Utopias uh, that we just did, we used a three month old casing and it held up just fine at twenty eight <laughs> ABV. It was uh, the strongest one that we've done so far. So, and it was uh, quite tasty when we got when we got it out of the smokehouse and tried them out on the grill. So, um, let's before we dive into some more beer here. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Number one, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, we caught a lot of flack from everybody. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing it, you know, for X amount of years, five years, actually. You know, I was just telling you before we got rolling that this makes. Um, this makes five years. You know, our first show is with you guys at Mike's house. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going on our fifth year now. But um, I'll we, put I'll put links to all of your appearances in the show notes, too, so people can just go right there and click on different ones. And <laughs> yeah. um, from so, yeah. even from that, that beginning, we, um, you know, I just wanted to do something a little bit um, extraordinary. And honestly, I didn't I didn't know that you had to buy the bottle. <laughs> It's kind of really, you know, we got up. There was a raffle going on at Jungle Gems two weekends ago. Um, and the one in Eastgate. And we had just left Paradise Brewing. And I said to my wife, it's, well, let's just stop and we'll see if we can, you know, get lucky enough People to win People say my wife is a saint. Your wife is a saint. Yeah. <laughs> so we go in and we throw her name in the kitty. And uh, she entered and I entered. And I never win anything, you know, so I really didn't think we were going to win a bottle there. I mean, there was probably 150 people there, and they were only doing 25 bottles. Right. Which and in itself is crazy. Like, I remember, um, so we've only been able to get it in Ohio since the ABV ban was lifted. So two years ago was the first release yeah, that we, and they that we could one. even get it. Well, they did, but that's because... Uh, well, that's because you're in the know. It's because I love Sam Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I actually changed my middle name to Sam Adams after they sent me a bottle. <laughs> we, um, we're sitting there, and the very first thing the guy says is, um, so we only have 25 bottles to raffle off, and it's just so that you can win and pay for the bottle. And I looked at Judy, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, I thought this was a raffle where you could win a bottle for free. <laughs> like, how much are they? I said, I don't know. So I asked the guy, I said, well, how much is a bottle? He said, $211. <laughs> I said, What? <laughs> So, anyway, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, my name gets called, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
we want it. And um, she actually um, got it for me as a Christmas present. So. So I assume you got to drink some of your bottle, too, in addition to infusing it in your sausage. We did. So we held the bottle uh, closed until we got it down to the shop. Um, and then there's like five of us that work back in the production area. And, you know, they were all excited to try this <laughs> beer. And so we popped the cap on it and we all uh, we filled up a uh, three ounce uh, glass. And each one of us were sipping from it. And uh, everybody enjoyed it. You know, it was... Uh, it's probably not the way you would optimize, you know, having a $211 bottle of beer. I, I don't mean, know. You probably need, know. you know, like a recliner and a fireplace and a snifter. And, you I know. don't know. Like I, uh, since I do have a bottle of it at home, I've, I've gotten the chance to drink it in several different situations. And it's it, number one, it's always more fun with somebody else. Yeah. If you're by yourself in your recliner with the fireplace, it's not as much fun as if you're passing a, a, a glass of it around with a couple of friends. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know how much of that cost comes from the bottle because it is really cool. It's a bottle. great bottle. So the beer itself is, is, and we're going down a whole other rabbit hole here, but it's it's a fascinating beer. They don't even tell us everything that goes into this beer and the and the process behind it. We know that it starts its life in Buffalo Trace Barrels, yeah. and this year's batch ended its life in Sherry and uh, something or other casks. I can't remember what. Um yeah, and, I don't know. I've and it gets that. it gets a little splash of cosmic mother funk in it to give it that that tartness. Other than that, I that, read that they don't card on really the tell us a whole like, lot. You know, <clears throat> it's a there's a whole lot of barrels and a whole lot of different beers and a whole lot of blending that goes on to make this thing happen. It is it sees every single Sam Adams brewery at some point or another. So there are some parts of this beer that were here in Cincinnati, some that were in Pennsylvania, all, right. so like all of that. And I, so we got twenty, we got bottle twenty two thousand four ninety three. Oh my god! So obviously there's twenty two thousand. There's somewhere. there's a lot of them. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, as soon as we announced that we were going to um, make sausage utilizing Sam Adams, we had. A ton of people, you know, immediately, why would you do that, you know, and you're just, and I'm like, hey, you know what, I mean, you get, you only get a chance to do something like this once in your lifetime. I, know, I, think, it's, I think it's brilliant. And we have the capability to do yeah. it, you know, I'm like, why not? So I reached out to their marketing people, and I said, hey, we're going to do this with, uh, you know, Utopias. I said, we'd like to have Jim come down and do the ceremonial pour, you know, right. I'd like to see him pour it in, because he's a big, you know, advocate of, of uh small business entrepreneurialism right. and and everything else and i thought well if there's by chance he's here in town you know we're only a mile away from the brewery so why not have him come over and do it unfortunately he wasn't available and they're changing over tap room personnel right now so i said i wanted this out by the biggest bar night of the year of course and so we just went ahead and did it ourselves but we will be working on some other stuff with sam adams that's exciting in the near future that's fun um but yeah, when we poured it down, I'm I'm looking at it going down into the sausage, <laughs> and I'm like, well, there goes two hundred eleven dollars. <laughs> but no, we had all the packages um, were pretty much uh, sold out in advance. I mean, we could only we have a certain ratio of beer to sausage right. mix that we do, and so given the fact that this bottle only has X amount of uh, ounces in it, you know, we had a micro batch. Well, and because uh, I think we talked about this before we were on the air, but you know, because this is number one, 
once in a like you said once in a lifetime that you get to try this there's no testing of what this might turn out like it's no. it's it's you're you're tasting and you're rolling with it which is um really interesting to me so two weeks prior we went over to the tap room when they did the release here right and i wanted a sample of it before so we could kind of work on some spice blend and, and figure out what's going to best match it and uh I think we, it's probably one of our spiciest, I would say, um, next to bourbon worst. Um, and, you know, after we smoked it, we threw them in the uh, grill and tried them out. And everybody's like, damn, this is good. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, there's only 40 packages available. So I think 30, 33 of them were pre-sold. So, and I brought you one tonight and I think I have like five left. So cool, I'm holding on to. <laughs> well, I will. Uh, I will have a full rundown at some point. One will hit the grill. One will hit the smoker. One will. Yep. <laughs> I'll so try I, every preparation I can think of. I brought you a bourbon worst, just so you can like compare. You know the flavor profile differences. Mm-hmm. I brought you a bourbon worst. I brought you the Scotch worst, and I brought you the Utopia. Can you talk about the uh, the flavor profile differences between the different sausages? Yeah, so, you know, a couple years ago, we teamed up with um, Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company, and we went back and forth with them um, to get a blend that was kind of proprietary to bourbon, uh, Kentucky bourbon ale. And um, we finally settled on a spice blend that it has a little bit of heat in it. It's got a little bit of sweetness. Um, there is, uh, I mean, it just complements the bourbon barrel-aged beer very well. And so we were we we had to buy our barrels through party source, right? And I think that year we went through, God, I don't even know how many. We went through a lot of barrels of bourbon, <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. So we bought quite a few of them, and that became our number one best-selling sausage as far as like from the retail standpoint. And um, the Scotchwurst has a little bit different flavor profile, and that kind of backs off the heat because of that whiskey flavor. Um, that comes from the Scotchwurst, and so it's not as spicy or hot as the Bourbonwurst is. Mm-hmm. And then we thought with this barley wine from Sam Adams that we wanted to kind of ramp up, you know, the spice blend a little bit. We wanted to be a little bit spicier to kind of go along with that barley wine flavor. And so I, we got it. We got the. I mean, for for the first batch, we got it pretty damn close to where we wanted. I'm I'm really know? excited to try them. And so you know, I, I think. There's different flavor profile. I mean, like our hop horse is extremely different than, you know, any other of the blends that we have. So. Which the hop horse, I don't know if it's the same exact recipe, but that was one of the ones that we we ate on our very first episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I assume it's got a little tweaking since then, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the federal government, it's nice to allow us to tweak our blends um, as long as we are staying within the confines of what's actually in it. Right. And so I can take out a little bit of this or add a little bit more of that as long as the ingredients are the same. And so we can back in and back out and, you know, put more in and pull more out um, depending on what kind of beer is going on. What I think is so fun about this Utopias sausage, Utopia sausage, what are we? What are we? <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to come up with a creative name and I'm like, no, what is Utopias? Um, what I think is fun about this, like I've always recommended people with um, with your sausage to... You, to eat the sausage with the beer or yeah. with something that is similar to that. It, 
most people can't do that with this. Well, I, I assume with with that limited now. batch, I, maybe maybe some of those people who pre-ordered and, and bought their 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 packs of sausage, maybe they do have Utopias, but um, like you can't really pair it up the same way that you could just you know with nah, a, you don't, a hop horse or a bourbon horse or whatever. Two hundred eleven dollar bottle of beer <laughs> yeah. with you know a ten dollar. Pour yourself a big pint of it and kick back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's um. People often ask, they're like, really, do you taste it? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, you do. I mean, that's the reason that we got it's also like, doing this. It's, 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 I recommend that everybody try some of this with just the sausage, though, too. Like, it's, you, yeah. can, you can throw a whole bunch of crap on your... I've seen some people dump yeah. a whole bunch of stuff on their sausage, and it does kind of... It, it changes the flavor, to, 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 to put it lightly. But. Well, people are like, why don't you just throw it in a pan with a beer? And that's great. But again, you have right. a pork casing on the outside of that sausage. So unless you let that thing cook for 30 minutes, that beer is not going to go through that casing and into the meat and all the way through the meat. And so we just eliminate that process for you. You know, My favorite way to, uh, to introduce people to Bruce City Sausage is um, when I'm having people over or something. I don't serve them a sausage on a bun. I, I cook it up and I chop it up and throw yeah. it on like a charcuterie tray or something like that and make yeah. them eat just a little bite of sausage with beer. Like, yep. t- t- taste it now. Taste this. Now you can have one on on a bun with some mustard and some sauerkraut or whatever the hell you want on it. That's the way to do it, my friend. That's the way to do it. Let's drink another beer. Yes, do. <clears throat> I want to. So I'm, I'm looking at all these darks and I'm. <laughs> it's. It's, I mean, this looks like an IPA. It's tricky, though. Let's let's do that one. Grab that one. So this is the uh, the barrel. I'm assuming it's barrel aged. The penguin from uh, from Ryan Guys. Um, I have n- again. Let me pull up the uh, the list since. Yeah, this is the barrel aged penguin. Ooh. So eleven percent. I really enjoyed just regular penguin, and um, I've never tried the barrel aged. You got to talk about it while I drink it. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous you're drinking the rest of it. <laughs> Might have to go get a pint of that. <laughs> there you go. That is good. Oh, man, that is great. That is. Think how many barrels do we have to have? I mean, this is, you know. <coughs> I need so, to. For, for a brewery that's gone from zero to hero, like Rheingeist has done. I mean, the distribution is just there is a whole world of Rheingeist that people don't see. Oh, I know. Um, I need to. I need to do like a like a really in depth episode about that side of who they are. Be, or I mean, they're everywhere. But you you so you walk into Rheingeist and it's a big giant tap room. It's big. It's open. You've got that brewery at the far end, and you can walk in and think that this is just who they are. And you can you can definitely see the rest of the you can kill that. Um, the, you can see the rest of the brewery from the tap room now. When you walk to that corner over by the the burger tube, <laughs> which, which is brilliant, by the way, <laughs> um, um, you can see the, the another chunk of the brewery there. But it still doesn't give you this accurate picture of how much is going on there. There's a whole floor of actual barrels, which is you know stuff like this, the right. sour program with the fooders and all like. All that stuff is hidden away, and you don't yeah. get to see it when you walk in the door. And the other day, I was on Spring Grove, and I drove past their distribution facility, and yeah. I had no idea that that was even they've a got, separate entity. I yeah, like, they've got an eight and a half barrel brew house in that distribution facility too. So, all you if you walk into the the, the downtown OTR right. tap room, you can see ones that were brewed down there. Like there's beers that are coming from there too. 
that I mean they're they're right. they're pumping out they're pumping out so much stuff right now, and, and I know they've gotten some shit over the years about being the IPA brewery or whatever, but. Yeah, that, this that, is a perfect example of that right something else they do. <clears throat> I've had a lot of uh, we call them golden stouts or whatever the hell you call them. They're not all great. Um, no, that one. Penguin, Penguin is freaking dead on to what I want from that style of beer. This one ends up a little bit darker, I think. I don't know if that's from the barrel or or what, but I don't know. Um, we yeah, that's it's really good. So we were at Rheingeist. I don't know, a month or so ago, we did uh, the Shark Tank call that was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was the first time that I've ever seen the office side of the operations because the Shark Tank producers were set up on the office side and doing their Past the burger tube? Yeah. <laughs> on the office side, doing their, doing their, you know, their interviews with each person that was, was applying to be on the show. And, um, you know, we went, we went on that side and I don't. I don't <laughs> know. Like, I wish I knew that number off the top of my head. There's like 50 or 60 people up on that floor, and it was uh, all offices. Yeah, know? there's a lot of people that work for Ranga. Because uh, not only, and, and this is underappreciated too. Not only are they operating this brewery, they still self-distribute in a big chunk of right. Ohio, yeah. and th- that's a big operation too. I mean, they they have semi trucks. Yeah. <laughs> like like the idea that a Cincinnati brewery. Has its own semi trucks. I mean, is, not, not, is is crazy. Not in, so much in my when head. you look at the history of the brewing industry in this market. You know, with the with feudal poles. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But the but fact it, that they in, did it in five years in my lifetime, though, yeah, it's I mean, crazy. They went from you know Ryan guys to mega Ryan guys, right? And like, but even yeah. that, like, I don't. And and this is coming from somebody in Cincinnati, so we always have a chip on our shoulder about something, you know, be it sports right. or beer or whatever. But, you know, I don't know that, like, if you walk to somebody in uh, in some other part of the country, name some other random beer town, I don't know if they look at Rheingeist the way Rheingeist really is. I don't know if people really grasp how right. big of an operation and how, how, how crazy, considering they're only still in what, five states or something like that, yeah. to be doing what they're doing yeah. at the age that they are. I don't know if people really grasp that idea yet. I don't know. Same with Madtree. You know, I mean... We should call another beer city right now and ask them what they think of Ryan guys just so we, we should get a kid. <laughs> we should call Three Floyd. Well, they know. <laughs> we they know there's collaborations. No, but I mean, we just call a city like 1-800-Denver or something. I'm like, hey, what do you what do you know about, uh, about yeah. Ryan guys? And then, you know, each time they have the Great American Beer Festival out there, it seems like Brink comes back with, you know, major alcohol. Oh, Brink's killing it. It's I mean, like, I... But they're over North College Hill. I don't want to drive on, to North College. I mean, but a, they're not expanding anywhere. Like, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, that, but that's part of that's part of what makes that great, though. I know. I mean, you know, you 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 can't have a whole city full of Ryan guys. Nice, you know, I mean, they're very accessible. You just go. <laughs> Yeah. There's an app on your phone called Uber. You just yep. you click it and this guy, he comes or a girl comes and picks you up and drives you there and drops you off and you just drink and then you go back on your phone and they take you home. You don't even have to tell them where you live. They just know because it's on the app yeah. and they just drop you off at home. Your wife yells at you and then you do it again the next day. So one of the things when we first got into this that we enjoyed the most is we got to go to the breweries and try the beers. Right. You know? And we're right. thinking, ah, we'll find something that'll you know, be unique and different, blah, blah. That's so not at all why I started doing a beer podcast (laughs) but you know for us it was like fun because we got to go and try different you know try different beers that we could use for infusion and so you know when we had that first 
first trailer of ours built and and, and wrapped from uh, Vivid Wraps, we had the two big, you know, beer craft guys put on the back of it, you know, with the sausage guys on the back of it. And I, we got that trailer back the first day, and I looked at the back of that, and I was like, well, shit, that just says pull me over. <laughs> so, so I told I told Judy, I said, well, you know what? I said, we're just really going to have to not drink anything when we're out and about with this thing, Can, because this is nothing but a billboard for pull me over. <laughs> if, if you call Uber, will they pull your trailer? No, they will not. <laughs> Which would be brilliant. So, uh, let's, let's, let's dive into another one. Yeah. Uh, so we have, what's number three? Oh, this is, let's do this one next. So this is the uh, Yingling Hershey's right, collaboration. So I'm glad you're pulling that up because my thoughts on that whole process about, you know, Budweiser, what was that? Well, it's got to be at least 10 years now when you know, Budweiser got bought out. And... Yangling was just coming on the scene as far as like getting into here, you know, tap, well, even on the tap handles. And I really enjoy Yangling just as itself. I mean, if I, you know, if I'm sitting someplace and I and I have to order a beer, I'll get a Yangling. But then I learned more about the company, and I thought this is older than Budweiser. Right. It's the oldest brewery in the United States, and they're independently owned and operated. And then I started looking at their logo because you know I right. just stick things like that. I looked at their logo and I'm like, well, that's the American Eagle. It's kind of similar to Budweiser. It's like, and these guys are making, you know, leaps over bounds ground uh, coverage and getting into markets everywhere. And, you know, I said, this is going to be the next great big American brewery. And they've come a long way. Um, but they just don't get that. They just don't seem to get that, that branding down. Well, the thing that they do big is that yingling traditional lager, which... Mm-hmm. It's good beer. I mean, it's but it's a it's a boring kind of lager. Like people don't get excited about it. Yeah, I don't know if you go to the England Brewery if they have other stuff that's more exciting on tap, like small batch stuff that's that's more in line with what craft beer is right. now. But that's what I'm I don't saying know if they, I don't know if they want to though. Yeah, I mean, maybe they don't because you don't see a whole they've, lot of that. They've got this really beautiful business model this is not what um so yeah well so when i i tried this the last time um it was really chocolatey and maybe it's the beers that we've already drank but um it's a little less on in your face chocolate no i mean that smells like chocolate milk yeah i mean it's you can kill it cocoa um but they've got this 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 really great like middle segment of beer drinkers in the united states like these people that don't necessarily want to drink Budweiser. It's not bad. It tastes like Yahoo. <laughs> it, it's it's, it's good beer. It's a Yahoo. It tastes like Yahoo. 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 <laughs> We're only three in. <laughs> <laughs> They've got this great middle segment of beer drinkers in the United States that don't want to drink Budweiser for whatever reason. Maybe they maybe they don't like the the, the blandness of the beer and they want something with a little more flavor. Maybe it's just the uh, the American thing. They want a, an American owned company and they want to drink beer that's yeah. American. But it's it's that 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 middle ground. The people that aren't necessarily craft beer drinkers, but aren't macro drinkers either. Right. And like that's 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 an important segment of people. So getting to that point up there, number one on the chart, Buck Light. So that's like a crafted beer for right. 
It's probably similar it's in profile to your... For when people walk in and they yeah. order Bud Light. <laughs> and so I noticed that going on to a lot of different independent tap handles where it's their own beer, right. but it's, you know, crafted by somebody else. And um, I always thought that that two or three years ago when the revolution was, you know, hitting hard and heavy, I was like, why don't these people start making their own craft beers from a local brewery right? and then just putting their own name on it? Or literally making their own beers is what I, you know, obviously it's a little different for a bottle shop like this, but right, if but you're... You get franchise like, a, like Max Pizza. If you're, yeah, if you're a neighborhood bar or a little restaurant or something, right. throw a little brew house in there. Even if it's not all of your taps and it's not like your focus of what you do, like that's fun. As a beer drinker, that's fun. If I walk in a restaurant and they had a brewery, hell yeah, I'm drinking that beer. Right. That's, that's my first pick. And I don't know if that's different for a generation or different for uh, a, a type of drinker or something, but I mean, that's fun. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, the chains, not the chains, but like the, the regionally owned restaurant groups. They should be going or sending at least one marketing person and one person, you know, whether it be the GM of the region or what, into the breweries right. and, you know, crafting up their own version of you know, a light lager or whatever you have. And I think that would be contract brewing um, that would help support the local brewery because you're buying right. it in, in tons. Well, we've seen some places that, that have done it, you know, locally, you know, like Flip Daddies and places like that right. always have their own beer on tap that's brewed by somebody else. You know, like it's... They're it, doing it now, it, but it this happens. is what I was thinking five years ago when this was all starting to come down the road. I'm like, well, how long you just go to the brewery? And I think, you know, Roper did that with, you know, Quit Your Bitching, which right. I thought right. was a great name. I don't know. Did you ever hear that? Oh, story? yeah. 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 So it was like, you know, their customers wanted, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light. We don't, you know. And they came up with a name, Quit Your Bitchin'. That's a river town for anybody. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good name. (laughs) It's a, but it is, it is strange that it still isn't as big as I feel like it could be that, you know. No. I feel like every, you know, every major um, restaurant or even, even bigger bars even the national chains even, even but even bars like you know right. if you're if you're a japs or you're who, who else you know like if you're serving beer right. why aren't you teaming up with somebody to, to have you that have be your your, your brand yeah. and your thing that you know and make it unique i mean it, it's the same thing it, it kind of goes with what we do it's like look we'll customize a blend for you i mean and you can come down and make it with it you right. know which you can't do that anywhere else you know we'll 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 have you come down to the shop and help make your own product, you know. And I think that's kind of neat that we can micro batch things in that manner. So we want to try and get on. We 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 kind of changed the whole mentality of how we're approaching the market. You know, last year we did gangbusters. We went into Kroger. We went into Walmart. We went into Costco. I mean, we were everywhere. But the bottom line is, is that everybody was making money except for us. <laughs> Seriously. Right, right. You know, and it was a hard lesson learned. I mean, you know, it, it was just, we were, you know, by the, by the time it was all said and done at the end of last year, I mean, we did a significant amount of sales, but you look at our revenue and I'm like, we didn't make, I mean, for all that time. For, for, all, all, the, effort, for all the stress yeah, and all the effort I mean, that goes into we it. We didn't make, you know, jack squat. And I'm like, I'm paying nine people to sell my product that I'm making and slaving over and I'm not going to do that moving forward, you know? So, and when you start scaling to that size too, how do you t- 
trust that the uh, the product is what you want the product to be also, which... Well, I mean, you know, we thought we would probably source it out to a local company here that could make our product, and they failed miserably. So we decided to bring it back in-house. Right. And then we're reapproaching this coming year in 2020 with a whole different approach. We're going to go wholesale distribution only. So we're going to go after restaurants that want their own custom product, you know, similar to what they're doing here now on, on some of the tap handles. And I feel like, you know, there's enough, there's enough people out there that, that will support what we do um, and, and go in that direction. And then we'll go direct to consumer. So you can order on our website. If you are inside the I-275 loop, we'll deliver direct to you. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, we're making it, uh, we're cutting out like six or eight middlemen. Right. And actually trying to do what we do to, to, to sustain what we do, you know. And I, I mean, if we... It, it, if we were to go on to Shark Tank and in front of, you know, Kevin O'Leary, we'd get slaughtered <laughs> because he would just be like, well, your profit margins suck and blah, blah, blah. You know, he would just slaughter him. So I told I told my friend, I said, well, if I go on the Shark Tank and we get right in front of him, I said, first first thing I'm going to say is, Kevin O'Leary, you're out. <laughs> I want to hear a word from you. I'm going to talk to the other four. <laughs> I don't want you saying anything. Well, it... It's still like it's it's a craft product, and I think that there are a lot of people that don't necessarily understand that side of what it is. Like it's still no, a, it's still a craft product, the same the same way the beer is. Like yes, there are a lot of breweries that could probably change profit margins a little bit if they sacrifice some of that craft side of who they are and, and push them the way that some of the big breweries do. Yeah, I mean, but that's missing the whole point of what is. this is. I brought this to show you because this is this is what I get all the time from people. So that is you have a, to describe we it. shall say, nameless <laughs> competitor. And as you can see, that's probably the size of your thumb. Yeah. So if you look, though, there's six links in that package. There's five in this package. And as you can see, the difference in the size. So... For all you people out there that enjoy are talking about sausage, yes, size does matter. <laughs> Just saying it straight. <laughs> we, we always say that on this show. <laughs> but no, I mean, when we came up with the product, we wanted something that, that was outside both sides of the boat. You know, I mean, that was bottom line. And we started looking at was stuff that was out on the market, and I'm like, nobody's make. I mean. They do it because they can do it by 40,000-pound batches, and they right. can make, you know, X amount every day, and that's great. But, you know, for us, it, it, it's it's handcrafted. We do everything by hand, and so, you know, we it's cannot a, do It is a superior pounds. product, and that's Bigger, and sometimes... quality, and it's, you know... I recognize that not everybody is looking for the superior product, no. and that's a whole different argument, and that's that's the that mean craft beer versus macro beer. Not everybody wants the superior product. Some right. people just want the cheapest thing that, it, yep. you know, whatever. Yep, and I will do that too. I'll buy the cheap stuff sometimes. Otherwise, you know, more often than not, I'll probably buy Boar's Head. You know, right. I just like the, it's a better tasting product. It's more expensive, but it's just simply better tasting. You know, they take the time to do it right. So, let's drink another. Let's drink another beer. Let's go to this one here. This is the uh, Barrel Age Old Numbs Call. So this is the uh, uh, Ale Smith Barley Wine. Uh, this is the one I was. <laughs> Uh, 
I wish I understood oh, no, more no, no, about no. that. Holds nothing up to that. <laughs> Although it's, it's it's good, but my God, and if you've had Utopia's barley wine and you try that, there's just no comparison. Oh yeah, I mean it's good. Nine Giant used to make a really good barley wine. Uh, we drank one. Um, we drank one at Big Sis Brew Day. Yeah, I brought a bottle out of the cellar. Yeah, no, their beers are good, and I like what those guys are doing in the kitchen too. I love what they're doing there. Yeah, um, desperate for that expansion to finally happen. They are. I didn't <laughs> well, hear about that. Well, they've been working on it for a, a year now. At this point, year and a half, something like that. Well, it's, it's probably why. I'm, where are they? Just, just no, no. Well, you know, it's right. It's so it's on the other side. Um, you know where the, um, uh, the, the corner there where all corner, the construction's yeah. gone. I think it's upstairs, kind of in there, and then they also have it downstairs. But I, I don't know. Right. It's right there, though. It's like right behind their space, kind I of. Remember the the grand opening and going out in the back. You know. Yeah, there's a patio. There's a beautiful patio. <laughs> is it there now? It's no, the patio's still there. It was it was gravel when we went out there. They yeah, like they that. have a a beautiful patio that they built when they opened that they've never been able to use, and they that's supposed to be part of this expansion. There's a whole story there. I hopefully I will be getting out there here in the near future, and um, we can dive into some of why all of this is happening yeah, without Commons. pissing off the city of Cincinnati too much. Common's got a little decent patio on the backyard, you know, of their place. Um, I mean, there's some nice, well, obviously, big ones, Braxton. Right. But even like, so, but Braxton's isn't obvious either. Uh, if you no, look you at, you know, see it from it's, the you know, so there's, there's a lot of places like that that have these hidden kind of gems of patios. Yeah. Um, my, I won't say my favorite. One of my favorites is uh, Municipal. That big, giant patio in front of the, the, right. the Municipal building. I, I love it. It's perfect during the summer. And, you know, I mean, it's it, it's just an extension. And you flip up the garage doors. <coughs> you know, even even Saunders got a decent one. You know? I mean, they got the tent out there now for the wintertime. But, God, look at the acreage they have. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What I think is fun about places like that. You look at what you know of their like outdoor space right now, and it's great. Look five years down the road, once they're able to stretch out a little bit and yep. put some money into it and turn it into what their vision is, yep. it's going to be amazing. Little Miami's expanding. Yeah. I mean, and then I think March 1st is going down the street. <clears throat> so they're going to buy that, or they already bought that, that historical building across the street. Yeah, the uh, uh, the old Millcroft there, yeah. Mil- Milford. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things that are happening. You know, I think it's all everybody's kind of like just settling in now That's, after the yeah. whole. You know, well, it's it's fun too. Like as as some of these breweries start to hit this point where they get to settle in a little bit and start to grow a little, and how they how they manage that, be it tafts who's opening or just opened uh columbus a separate tap room versus listerman that's looking at a german beer hall downtown like these these ideas of what it means to expand and what it means to grow and become what you are later on it's it's fun to watch this is a good beer but that is yeah (laughs) you kind of get spoiled after trying that utopia though (laughs) for a barley wine you really do it's kind of like 
well the, there's a there's a big spectrum of what barley wine is too and the 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 barley topias that, that uh chris did down at sam adams was pretty freaking spectacular it was uh when i uh when i started drinking it cold because it was coming off the taps really cold um i got a lot of like this green apple-y kind of thing to it yeah but then as it warmed up it got this real butterscotchy kind of man it's, it's just that's rough. why i was thinking to myself that i really wish i had a bottle of this utopia to sit in front of that fireplace down there at the sam adams tap room <laughs> with the proper glass and just you know see how it changes yeah just to sit there with a bottle for you know a couple hours and just nibble on it uh utopias is a whole different animal like it is it is it really does not i won't say it doesn't belong in the category with beer but it it really is very different than than beer uh, quote unquote is like there's 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 a whole lot going on there well i if there's anybody that knows you know knows about brewing it certainly would be jim no doubt about that there's barley wine in the bottom of our cup holder and every time i try to drink it dribbles off the glass So what did you get a pint of? Or you get a snifter of? Snifter of Are You Ready for Some Darkness from uh, Mad Tree. Here, help yourself. So that's the one I was asking you about because I had not tried. We were at Mad Tree two weeks ago um, at a business lunch in there. And we're having some of Jeff's food. And the guy that I was with wanted some barrel-aged. And there was nothing on the menu barrel-aged. Yeah, I mean... They've got some really great barrel-aged beer, and I think this is a good example of a really great barrel-aged beer. This is probably a year old, though. It's probably cellared. But why they don't have some kegs of this stashed away that uh, appear on tap? Maybe it just goes so quick that you just... That was the day I saw you there. Yeah. Yeah, you were coming in to get that. Something you left behind. Long story there. What's this? <laughs> um, what do you think of this beer, though? I like that. So it's an imperial stout brewed with hemp seeds, which I don't know if that's the. Like it has like this earthy kind of uh, yeah smoothness. I guess is the best way I can it's describe deep. it. Um, I I really really dig this beer. The first time they released it, which was probably without looking at my notes, two thousand sixteen, seventeen, something like that. 16 price sounds right. Yeah. Um, they did like a really, really small release of it and they did it uh, during the week at like lunchtime or something back at 1.0. And everybody, of course, threw a fit. I just happened to be able to stop by and snag some and bought some. And uh, man, that beer just blew me away. And like, I, you know, not that Axis Monday isn't a great beer, but it's, it's a, really great just normal kind of imperial stout this is something that's that's different that i, I thought you don't taste a lot one of the best beers i tried <clears throat> from them that was like a one-off was the collaboration they did with the flower show oh yeah yeah hortense oh my god we tried that on some episode yeah, i could go back and edit it so and make it sound cool. like i just knew off the top of my head what episode it was but you can just look <laughs> in the show notes <laughs> no that was that was so <coughs> extraordinary i was like oh my god yeah i I really, really, I, 
they don't get enough credit either. And maybe, yeah. maybe they do because it's everybody knows Madry, everybody knows Ryan guys, everybody knows these, these big breweries. But um, I just, you know, I feel like people aren't talking enough about some of these beers that they're putting out. You know, the well, they do. This a is, lot. I mean, the sensory is, classes they do. I mean, you know, they do a lot of things. That are, but this is a really good imperial stout because it, it's it's not what you expect it to be. It's got some other kind of side to its personality like that except the earthiness that uh i don't i don't think i've ever tasted another imperial stout yeah you know another good brewer that i i don't think gets as much recognition as he probably should is uh brian over at Grainwork. you know i mean we I were set up there, there for quite a... some time serving food and you know it, the guy's never brewed a bad beer that i've ever had so I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a shit uh, here. So I stopped on uh, on Black Friday. He had been uh, teasing us with this uh, Oreo oh, yeah, Oreo layered fell through or something. <laughs> didn't didn't come the, out right. The uh, the white side of it turned out great. The uh, the chocolate side just never tasted like Oreo. So he couldn't get it working. He was he was there. So I got there probably well, right when they opened. It was like ten or eleven or something. Um, he had been there all morning trying to get the spear figured out and couldn't nail it. Well, at least they didn't release it. You know, what they I mean? did though. They they renamed it. It was a um, chocolate nitro porters. I don't know what they called it eventually, but it was a good beer. Just didn't taste like Oreos. Tasted like chocolate. Right. So you remember when? So he gets a little shit for that. Well, I probably should go in that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> we were we were sitting at paradise uh-huh. and this had to have been three years ago and jeff had just made a uh, raspberry chocolate stuff. and i was trying it and the very first sip i had i looked straight up at him and i was like dude I was like, this tastes just like black raspberry chocolate chip great and this was probably in october i want to think november and apparently i mean obviously at that point in time what Braxton was doing with graders was already in motion. Right. And it wasn't released yet. It wasn't publicized yet. It wasn't public yet. And so I took on to my, and you probably go back and find it on my Facebook page. <laughs> and I said, OMG, this tastes just like, and I put at graders, black raspberry chocolate chip, you know, and graders responded back and said, that sounds yummy. And this is like November. And then in January, it comes out with a release from Braxton, the black raspberry chocolate chip in cans, you know, with the Graders logo. Well, you know that shit was working six months ago. You right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I thought it was ironic that, you know, we would post that out there and they would respond back. <laughs> it probably was their social media company just you know, answering back or whatever. But I think his raspberry chocolate chip that he had, or that raspberry chocolate stout he did, tasted Honestly, better than the raspberry chocolate chip and grape. I'll I, say it, you know. I, I may I may be speaking out of turn, and I may be wrong, and I may have misunderstood. But when I first talked to Braxton about the the original black raspberry chip, it wasn't supposed to taste exactly like the ice cream. It was supposed to go with the ice cream. Okay. Well, that might and, prob- and, and maybe I'm wrong, it. but it was still supposed to be a beer that has those those notes from it right. and, and using the ingredients and, and but it was supposed to be reminiscent of it right 
but it's still supposed to be like a like a beer first. Like it was supposed to be to me what it was. Right. So I thought got- the, I thought the beer turned out great. I liked that first batch better than the other batches that came out. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe maybe yeah. I'm the wrong one. But uh, I, I don't know. Well, they got the whole dark charge thing coming out. Oh dear God! Have you seen what they're releasing? We should probably talk about that since that's when you're listening to this. It's this coming weekend, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, depending on when you're releasing to this, but uh, listening to this. But um, hang on, let me. There's a lot of things coming up. Oh my god! Big sis. So there's just a ton of things. There's just so much. I just wish. I mean, wish Mike from Cincy Brewbus could just. (laughs) <laughs> take people all over town every day. I think he wishes people. that too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. That's the biggest thing that, you know, the biggest reason why we just don't go out to as many things as often as we want is because we know what's going to happen. You it's, know? you just, you can't get to everything anymore. No. Like there was at one time you could, you could go to every single right. release you wanted to go to. And that's I haven't just even been to 13 below yet. Seriously? Seriously. Nope, I have not been down there yet. All right, so let me run through the releases. All right. You have the base Dark Charge, right. which is just the bourbon barrel aged, which is an amazing beer in itself. I, I would go to Dark Charge today if they released that one bottle. It's so good. But they're doing a, uh, a maple breakfast, which I've not gotten to try yet, but maple. <laughs> I don't think you can go Local wrong maple? with it. Um, I, probably not, but it's they. Um, well, I'll talk about it here in a second. But um, so the next one is mole. So the first year of mole, everybody, I guess, and my opinion is different than evidently the normal people of the world. Everybody liked the original one. Then they said it wasn't spicy enough. Um, the the second year. Mm-hmm. They went back to their original supplier, which was like this little Hispanic market in Covington who couldn't get them enough um, uh, whatever kind of peppers or ancho chilies. Um, so they had to go to the supplier from them to get these original ancho chilies. So it's, so it's now the, the original supplier of um, what that first year was. But um, so Mole's back. Um, then they're doing a uh, the, the Braxton Labs variant this year, which Braxton Labs always does something a little goofy and a little different. They're doing um, what they're calling Lixardo, which is supposed to, again, be reminiscent of an old-fashioned. It's an imperial stout, so obviously it's not going to taste like an old-fashioned, but it has those ingredients. It's got Lixardo cherries. Um, it has uh, citrus, too, right. um, and then the bourbon kind of character from the beer. But <clears throat> the funny part about this one, Talking to them, they said that if you uh, were paying attention at one point um, a few months back, you couldn't get Luxardo cherries anymore because they pot they bought the entire East Coast supply of Luxardo cherries to oh, a- to age this beer on. Um, so I thought that was funny. They're doing a <laughs> people people on that coast are probably like bastards. <laughs> Those are cherries. <laughs> Um, they're doing what they're calling the cake box. This is like their big, like special thing for, for year five. It's literally a cake box. I'm showing you a picture. It's like, it's, it's a cake box. Yep. And then you open it up and inside are the, uh, the different beers. They're doing German chocolate cake. Um, Ooh. they're doing, uh, white chocolate raspberry and they're doing bananas foster. Mm, 
I got to try the bananas foster and it was amazing. Uh, I haven't got to try the other ones, but I assume they fall in line in the amazing category. And then the last one is the, um, the bourbon, um, what are they called? Bourbon X cognac. So it was a, a bourbon barrel that then aged cognac and then came back and aged dark charge. So that one is, I got to try that one too. And it's so it's is that pretty mm, freaking incredible. That's just coming. Again. It's the seventh, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and it's all day. If you, if you, if you, yeah, yeah if you I don't mean, get there early, you're not getting all the bottles. Right. right. No, I the first year they did it with the ten park. Well, now that's developed across the street. Where are they? Get, I mean, how are they setting it all? They're up? closing Seventh Street down. It's all Seventh Street is all in a big tent now. All right. The whole street. Last time and I then there, it was in that parking lot across from the brewery. And now that that's that's developed now, right? Was it ever? It was not in that parking lot. It was next. I can't remember what, what the party from. was it that they did under that big tent in the parking lot across like a block, half a block up. From that was. That might have been. That might have been first. I can't remember. I don't know. That might have been the first dark charge. No, that's it's the whole street now is they they covered all the tents and uh, they um, this year. The uh, the rooftop also has a tent, so that's all open right. up there. They're doing live music upstairs. Um, if you got the VIP, the whole middle floor is open too. Or that might even be for everybody. I don't know. I don't know, but they have a lot of different it areas. Me of the now. Dark World, Dark Lord releases. That's and that's kind of I think where they got the inspiration for yeah. all of this. But um, to me, I, I, it's it's different. I think it's. Uh, I think it's good, you know. I mean, if you got a marketing machine behind what you're doing and you got the beer to support it, do it's, it. And that's the thing. It's a great beer. It's you know a great I mean? beer. What I will say about Dark Charge versus Dark Lord, Dark Lord sucks when you drink it fresh. It tastes like soy sauce. It's just a miserable beer. Right. Uh, it's, it's great as it kind of gets some age on it, but um, Dark Charge, Dark Charge is great fresh, great aged. It's, it's, it's an awesome beer. Let's hurry All up right. and drink some more beer since we're uh, we got thirty five and twenty three left. So, All right, we'll grab grab is fig leaf. Well, let's okay. do that one last. Let's do twenty twenty three. Oh, the uh, bourbon barrel aged big silky from Taft's. I have not had that yet either. Sorry, I took kind of a big sip there. Oh, yeah. That's a great... Uh, again, kind of falling in line with everybody else. Taft's is underrated. <laughs> That's the hashtag for the show is, they're kind of underrated. <laughs> except for except for Three Floyds. They're a little overrated. <coughs> wow, that's got all kinds of things going on. It. Like, I got coffee out of that. Taft's is not known for their barrel aging program they don't release a lot of barrel aged beers but clearly they can they know what they're the color doing. scheme on the bottom of that it's almost uh, almost purpley it's almost like a brand yeah, yeah it's almost like a wine color My God. it's nice it's got a uh hmm. like almost like a thick kind of syrupy sweetness that hits at the the top of my mouth when I drink it. Mm. Wow. That is really good. 
released in bottles and nobody ever talks about it. You can't find the bottles anymore. They're all. When was I, that released? A, a long time ago. Really? Yeah, probably like, um, well, I don't know. I want to say two years. I probably should download it and put on my phone that untapped. Well, you should probably just follow the gnarly gnome closer. Oh, and do. when these things are released, I let you know. <laughs> I, I That's have, the whole point. I have you on my Facebook and Twitter feed, and I, I don't see do your stuff I don't do it nearly enough on social media. So every single month, I uh, too many releases all the time. Every I'm month, like, I put a post up. Um, except I haven't put up December's yet. I'm sorry. Well, it'll be up by the time you listen to this. Um, <laughs> And I, I create a list of every single beer that's released in packaging in Cincinnati. So if you want to know what the latest bottles or cans or whatever it is that are coming out, every single one of them is on the website. And you can always get on there. And I just, see. I did not know that. Yeah. So for all you people out there that have been sitting through this long podcast <laughs> that didn't know that, you just learned something new. So maybe I'm doing something very wrong that people don't know that. <laughs> Which is probably the case, but I have a, uh, a two and a half year old terrace average, at home. And what's the average list, uh, it's well, I mean, we're coming off of November, so you got those big um, Black Friday releases and stuff. Right. Bad Tree alone released twenty beers on Black Friday, but twenty um, something beers on Black Friday. But I mean, it's it, it's up there of like I don't know. I'm going to say sixty or seventy beers a month that are coming out in Cincinnati. And do you get that all from the brewery? Oh, I wish. Oh, no, it's it. all research. <laughs> See, that's wrong. For you breweries out there, what this guy does on his podcast is tries to help out the local craft beer scene. So hey, assign your marketing director to send him your releases. Bulletproof, a, a you lot know, of these, with a spreadsheet. A lot of these places don't, don't, don't necessarily even have that. Like they don't like like you. You reach out to some of these people's marketing people. Even some of them don't know every like as if it's, right. uh, you know, whatever the latest uh, seasonal can that came out. Sometimes they don't even know. Oh, oh yeah, that came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. We need to create a little <laughs> no map that uh-huh. you can send to all the brewers. <laughs> just plug in their there's there is a there's a part of me that actually enjoys the fact that I can I, that's one of those parts of what I do that I've got I've got nailed for the most part I mean I guess I miss them every once in a while and have to go back and add them but um, for the most part I'm, I'm I'm pretty well up on that and I've got my process down to yeah. hit all the research on everybody um, but there's not a lot of people that can do that and like he does have a day <laughs> job by the way. <laughs> <laughs> can make his life easier and just send it to him. Yeah, well, um, maybe one of these days I won't have a day job and I can just run around and research. <laughs> just stop in every tap room. Hey, what are you releasing this month? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a life? <laughs> All right. That was really good. I would like to All right. that with the... Oh, this is another one that was sitting in a little puddle. This is going to dribble. All right. This is the two-year... Yes. 15%. You dive into that one first. So this was their uh, anniversary stout, um, and they left some of it in barrels and released it for their second anniversary. Wow. It's an amazing beer. I I have never... I don't think I've tried the the two-year yet. Obviously, it was amazing the first time around, but... Mm. That's dark and rich too. 
dark and rich like chocolate or dark like and rich like, like vampire blood? Does vampire blood taste different than regular blood? Mm-hmm. Dark and rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. <laughs> I wonder. It would be nice to take like three of the top ones that we just tried and try and blend them together and see what that would come out like. Ooh. I'll bet that would taste I like this a lot too. Yeah, especially at room temperature. It really brings out a lot of the notes. Yeah. Got, man. Like cordial cherry dark, you know, like there's all kinds of stuff. It doesn't have that um, that bite to it that some of the other ones have. Like it's mellowed out real yeah, nice and extremely smooth. You know what? Fig leaf is underrated. <laughs> Everybody here is underrated. That's a and you know I don't hear a lot of people. I was kind of joking about that, but not because I don't hear a lot of people talk about their barrel aging program either. Like there's not a lot of people going on about their barrel aged stout. I mean, I guess because they've really only done. One barrel aged stout that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, man, that's good. Uh, I wonder. How much of that do they have left? I, that's that's a really big question. I don't know. Is there only two years? Yeah, I, I bet there's not much of that. I bet not much either. Um, I, they have to have brewed it since then, though. Huh. Although maybe not. Like I don't. I don't know. I feel like there's two girls trying to get through the shrubs. <laughs> so, trying to get to the bottom of that glass. So, what does that taste like? Two girls trying to get through the show, shrubs. Yeah. Is that in reference to that video? Yeah. So, I, I, might, I feel like I'm struggling to get to the bottom of the flavor to, profile on that one. There's so much in it. I might like, need to uh, to post a link to that in the show notes because if anybody didn't see last weekend, what game was that? Was that a... Uh, uh, I forget what uh, game that was. <laughs> it was just it's one of those one of those big games, and all the kids were storming the field afterwards. Yeah, it was um, Alabama. <laughs> was it Alabama? Um, uh, where the hell they were just playing? They lost to it. You know, it's in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I don't. I don't watch a lot of college football. I I research what beers are being released. No, but I saw that video like a hundred times. And I'm like, I, I feel like I'm stuck right all there of these, trying to get to the bottom of the All class. of these students, again, I'll, I'll post the link if I remember to in the show notes, but it's all these students and they're running down the bleachers trying to storm the field. Yeah, and there's this girl and she's standing up on the fence and she goes to hop down on the field and just lands yeah, right in this big shrub. Stuck in the shrubs and <laughs> she's, she's like trying to get out. You just see her little eyes peeking out. And <laughs> that it's is amazing. Uh, pretty. <sighs> I think we should take all three of the top ones and put them together. We could do that. What are your top three that you had? Oh, my. That's weird. So that right there. Yeah, I'm putting um, I'm putting that one. Uh, I'm putting the, the Madri. Are you ready for some darkness? Uh, I want to put Penguin in there, but it's not. it doesn't fit in with the other one, so I don't know if that's fair. And I want to leave non-Cincinnati out, so Alpha Claus gets knocked out. <clears throat> See, I feel like that would mess up the flavor, though. I would say Big Silky would have to probably be the... That's... No. Yeah, I'm doing... 
Yep, that's that's my. All right, what three you got? Uh, are you ready for some darkness? Big, big silky, and uh, the uh, two-year, twenty-four month um, fig leaf. All right, barrel aged. Go to commercial break. We don't have commercials right now. We are unsponsored, but but that brings up a great point. We for, are sponsored. For, for all of you that support me on Patreon, thank you very much because you are the show sponsor. And, um, you know, some, some more housekeeping now that you brought it up. Um, I am almost done with the, the shop portion of the gnarly gnome.com. I've been making T-shirts and stickers and hats and all kinds of really fun stuff, like some really cool stuff that I've been waiting a long time to do that I'm finally getting out there. It's all there. Um, I've gotten some some test product back, and I'm happy with everything. Yeah, it will be live very soon, which means those of you who supported on Patreon at that that ten dollar tier that you get free shit, you're about to get a bunch of free shit. That's, what is Patreon? Really cool. So Patreon's like a crowdfunding kind of. Okay. So if you like what I do and you want to help me research more beers that are being released in Cincinnati every month. <laughs> Um, you can get on and um, you can have donate money every month to what I do. So you can donate as little so as let's see, there's five bucks a month. Uh, Fifty six breweries now. Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati. yeah. All right. If they all, yeah, if you all pitch in ten dollars, so guess what? Ten dollars a month, and uh, this oh could boy. be this could be something incredible. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's all it's all. Fine and dandy when you come out and do a show and it doesn't cost them anything other than their time, but you know there um there's a whole world that uh I would really love to talk to uh talk about on the air about the people that uh really do support what I do. Right. And the people that kind of do because I help them, and then the people that do because they feel like they're supposed to, and there's there's a whole world there. And it's, well, uh, I'll be it's, the first it's, to it's, say it's I'm one of them, so you know. Trust me, if I would have done a hell of a lot more better in sales last year, I was going to pick up commercials left and right. But, but I got 2020 coming, see, so we got no, no, plans. no. But but here we are. This was a day where all hell broke loose yeah. for me, and there was a handful of people that sent me text messages and said, "Hey, I I, I need to help. I I I mean, see what I can figure out. Let me see what I can do." Well, I mean, we're going into a new through. year, and right now is the advertising planning stage pretty much for everybody um a lot of people start back in october and i don't think it's out of the question you know for 56 breweries to allocate 120 dollars a year <laughs> to spend on the on the gnome you know if you're going to at least show up you know once a year or twice a year at the brewery to do reports and updates I mean, right. that's crazy i mean if they did you know, you are going to be able to do what you want to do with the podcast and with gnarlygnome.com and everything else that you've got going on, and I don't think it's out of question to ask for. There will come a point where I can do this full-time, and that, that point will come. It's gonna it's it's a slow process, right. but it is a process, and it is going in the right direction. There will come a point where I can do this full-time, and um, we can do some really fun stuff for right. Cincinnati Beer. This, this doesn't exist in the way that uh, my vision for it is anywhere else in the country. Like it's it, there. There's there's some really fun stuff we could do here in Cincinnati. We've we've got the beer to back it up, and I think we have. I mean, I've not been you know immersed in the culture of other markets, but obviously with with my vision for what we wanted to do, it's pretty simple. 
I can take this particular product and I can put it into any region across the country. And I can work with those yeah. particular powerhouses, brewery-wise, in that particular market, three, four, five-state region. Right. And put their beer in our product and put it out on storage shelves. That's always been my vision for the company itself, you know. And so I can pocket it all over the country right. based on the different brewery partners that we could work with. I think Cincinnati has one of the strongest, uh, one of the strongest beer cultures. I mean, if you just. I agree with that. I think I, it stems from our, our history. I mean, it, we I'm, were founded on beer and pork. <laughs> Seriously, we I were. recognize that I'm a little biased about what's happening in Cincinnati, but I feel like... But we our, have right to be. Our, but our beer stands up with anything anybody else exactly. is doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our culture, our, our people, and the way we feel about our beer stands up with anybody else yeah. in the country. Like, we've we've got this thing happening here that... I mean, we have a brewing heritage trail. Hello? Give me another city that's got one of those, you know? Right that has the history that we do that goes back to the early 1800s for brewing. It, you know, there's not many other cities that can claim that. Now, they have good breweries, you know, Asheville, North Carolina, um, you know, some other markets you can you can name off the top of your head that, that, that have great breweries, but they don't have the history. Right. You know, and Cincinnati does. When you look back in, let's say, 25 years at Cincinnati... Like, this city is going to be something completely different than what you are looking at right now. And it's only going to go. And beer. I'm motioning with my hands this direction. No, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. The the, the beer scene of what we've got going on here. We are, we're building in a way that that nobody else has done before. And you look at places like Rheingeist or whoever it may be, or, you know, Urban Artifact. I I love what they're doing and, and they're. Um, dedication to this particular side of of beer. Right. Like there, there's some really, really incredible stuff going on right now that uh, yeah. that, that, that people are going to look back on and be like, "Oh, my urban I ar- that. my urban artifact story stems from when we first we act they we actually did our very first public event with the Bruce and Sausage business as a pop up tent outside of Urban Artifact. Really? Yeah. Uh, two months after they opened. And we were out in their courtyard. Uh-huh. And, you know, they were just getting into the brewery process. And I remember talking to, I think it was Brett outside, and I was asking him about, you know, some of the things that makes them a little different than everybody else. And he goes, well, you know, we capture our yeast right out here in the yard. And I'm like, you do what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, we get our yeast. And we culture it from out here in, in, in the courtyard. And I'm like, I had no clue as to what the hell he was talking about. Then I went back and I looked online about, you know, yeast and culturing yeast and using it and fermenting and brewing process and all that. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool shit. Now, see, <laughs> we don't have time to go down this rabbit hole, but I would love to see, like, Brew City Sausage go down some of those rabbit holes with somebody like Urban Artifact and do some fermented products and yeah. some things that are just fucking weird. I know. And you know what? All it takes is for somebody to reach out to us and say, hey, we'd like to try and do this. You know what I mean? And we have the shop right. to say, hey, come down here on a Sunday or a Monday when we're closed and we'll work with you to create whatever you want. Right. And you're going to do it 
you know, with us. We'll just teach you how to do it and show you how to do it. And when we got it where you want it, and when it tastes like what you're looking for, then we can make it, you know, there's on some, a mass basis. There's some really fun ideas that you could go down that, uh, yeah. that, that, that rabbit hole with. We tried wine. We tried whiskey. We tried, you know, we try, we, we've tried a lot of different things because... Unlike the big guys that do the 40,000 pounds a day, you know, we don't have to worry about cleaning out an entire production line in order to suffice the federal government. You know, we have FDA inspection right. in our facility, but our equipment is such a limited batch run that for us to wash it out, clean it out, rinse it out, and, and start over is nothing. You know, right. these other guys that, that do the mass production, they can't do that. Right. You know? There's just no way in hell they can do it and not make it affordable or profitable for right. them. They can't do it. So it's one advantage that we have in being able to do what we do is, is by microbatch. So, you know, we're, we're open to working with anybody at any time. All we got to do is just, you know, somebody come up with an idea and <laughs> let's give it a try. And we'll be like, all right, come on down. You know? So if you're a small brewery here in Cincinnati, which a lot of you are, I know that, uh, reach out. Yeah, make absolutely. make something fun happen. There's there's some breweries that have um, some unique setups that would be really really prime for having. Yeah. I mean, if you think product. about it, we're in the prime opportunity to do it because spring's not going to get here until April, May. So it's Cincinnati, we're we're talking like yeah. July. <laughs> so I mean, we've got time to work on stuff and you know get it packaged, you know, get it labeled, get it branded. I mean, we could hit it out in the springtime, so, yeah, it's perfect timing. How could people find out more about what you guys do? BrewCitySausage.com. And there will be a link in the show notes because because I'm good at making show notes. I'm, we're going to mix not, all of our favorite beers from tonight. There's, there's no way I'm going to remember all those things that I said we're going to be in the show notes. Do you know how like, I'm going to spend the rest of the week? You're going to have to rewind. I have to, I have to literally <laughs> listen to this entire show and make notes about all the things I said <laughs> we're going to be in the show notes. <laughs> Listen again. There's uh, my life. This is why my my wife hates what I do. Um, Bruce right, and Sasha, Brandy. <laughs> Mrs. Gnome. We don't use real names on this show. Come on. <laughs> we uh, we'll be back next week, and um, we'll be talking about the big Cincinnati. sis party. We will, we will definitely talk about big sis. We have like I think two. I don't actually know when the big sis episode will air that might be closer to christmas when the actual episode comes up depending on scheduling but we'll be there in in next week next week go there we'll talk about it absolutely <laughs> since you broadcast the voice of sensor craft <laughs>